Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast for the love of the Sox, hosted by Nick Borowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 84. I am Nick Morowski, and thank you so much for joining us once again uh, for this Chicago White Sox fan-centric a podcast doing it for the love of the socks. Uh, follow us everywhere. Listen, subscribe, uh, check us out on the shycitysports.com uh, website. They've got a ton of great Chicago sports content there. Um, every new episode comes into that inbox. So wherever you find your podcast, subscribe, like, give us a rating, all that good stuff. Baseball is just about here now until like, through Halloween, uh, it's a great time to be alive, especially if you are a Sox fan. Pat Hester, come on in. Good stuff happening this late February. Buddy, hope springs eternal. It feels like <laughs> uh, the change is upon us. And it's 50 degrees. The sun is out. Baseball is here. And, <laughs> and, and dare I say, whispers of, of people being able to attend an opening day game. Mm, Holy oh. moly. Let's uh, yeah. let's uh, get the champagne out now. Let's celebrate. Oh, my goodness. So much so much to talk uh, about uh, from Ethan Katz to to Vaughn to uh, where Kopech and Crochet are going to be to, um, you know, Tim Anderson and La Russa. And then, of course, uh, uh, fans possibly at that opening day uh, in April 8th. Uh, let's start, Pat. Um there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of radio stuff going on. There were a lot of interviews happening on on one thousand or on the score sound bites here and there. People getting all in a lather about some things that were being said. And the the big stuff was from Tim Anderson yesterday. Uh, you heard this right um, and read about it. Uh, had an interview uh, on the score, the Danny Parkin show, and when pressed, uh, Tim Anderson just came out and said, you know, f it. We are the best team in the AL. No question about it. This is just come and get us pretty much. Uh, that has been a trend uh, over the last couple of weeks, providing bulletin board material for other teams in the Central and the American League. Uh, I think Tim's confidence has always been there, especially the last few years. Of course, we've seen it. Um, the way he wants to play the game, the, the way he feels the game should be played. Uh, but now it's it's kind of verbally just coming out and throwing it out there, Pat. Worried about any pushback, or, or you had a point, too, where you're just like, F it, let's just say what we are and who we are and let them come after us. It, it's one thing, like you could say, Nick, you could look at it this way, like, hey, why don't we just fly under the radar? No need to put a target on uh-huh. that. But teams that do that are teams that aren't talented enough to win. So they have to yeah. be unnoticed and surprise people. I think that now it, it, comments like this make me feel like the team realizes the talent they have. They're not afraid to express it and show it. And they're not afraid of anybody in the league. And, you know, quite frankly, that's the way it should be. This is sports, right? This is, this is yeah. competition. This is you versus another team and, and showing how good you can be. And, and why not talk like this? You know, we haven't had a team to talk like this in a long time. Usually, unless it was Hawk Harrelson. I'll tell you what, Stone Pole yep. is the best baseball sure. team I've seen in my 90 years of oh, baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, really, Hawks? <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't see it that way. But um, so, yeah, it, it's cool. Now, back it up, of course, you know, but I think that 
everything Tim Anderson has done in his career, as far as I'm going to be this and I'm going to be this, he's proved it to everybody every step of the way. Why shouldn't this be uh, any different? And people are going to get on his back and follow him. You know, I've heard Larusa is is looking at, at at team captains in different mm-hmm. areas, and I believe mm-hmm. Anderson is going to be a, a, a captain for a certain. Maybe it's for the infield or whatever it is. Well, I guess Abreu was going to be a captain too. So, you know, he's giving leadership roles to certain guys in the team that are showing that they want to be leaders. And I think I think the, the clubhouse is going to just follow his lead. So uh, I'm yeah. excited about it. At first, it's like hey, maybe we should, but you know what? I said I said the same thing after I heard it. I said, "Eff it, let's let's go. I, I'm I'm ready yeah. to do this." Yeah, yeah, it, um, it's so anti-Sox, too. You know, you had nobody over the last, you know, five, six, seven years. Like, after AJ left, I'm trying to think of other guys that were really uh, that were really vocal or, or had the skills to come out and, and, and uh, you know, uh, I don't know, back up their, their claims, uh, you know. And uh, you heard Keiko last year, and he said some stuff, and that was like eyebrow raising. It was like, wow, somebody is talking up in the clubhouse, you know, a newcomer, mm-hmm. but a, a newcomer that has got a lot, you know, he's got a ring and, and has accomplished a lot uh, in the league. And and then you hear Grandal starting to say things a little bit of last year and then this year, and, and Liam Hendricks is ready to go. And then Giolito drops the bomb. Uh, a few weeks ago, you know, like we got to step on people's throats. We got to kill people. We got to, we have to go out and kill people. Yeah. And Anderson, I think said, that's great. Let's go. I'm going to piggyback on that. I'm not going to let you just be the only one talking. I want in on this. And it, it's just really refreshing. It's weird. We're in a weird uh, limbo area as Sox fans. Like, wait a second. You know, we really haven't won anything yet. But this confidence is, is, is refreshing. Uh, so go ahead, say it. But now you got to back it up. And I think they will. Like you said, Anderson's got a track record already. Uh, well, you know, the, the excitement uh, that these players just have, you can see on their faces when you get images, when you get video of, of full squad workouts now. And even if it's just now the, the live, the, the BP sessions that are happening. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's – you always get excited this time of year, but I'm trying to find things to compare it to, uh, and maybe there isn't. You know, this, you just take it for what it is and, and appreciate it on its own. Yeah, I, I think the last time I was this excited for during this time of year was in 2006, because mm-hmm. it was a it was a defending champion team. You yeah, saw what sure. they could do. Everybody was basically coming back, other than Aaron Rohn, who got traded for for Jim Tomey. So yeah, that's like yeah. that's like big news. And yeah. I wish that would have looking back, I wish it would never happen. But it did. Mm-hmm. And uh so you're excited and they came out hot that year. So yeah. um it was uh it, this is the most excited and most talented team we've had in a long time that has real aspirations for being good. And 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 several years like I talked about with Hawk, it's like Oh man, I've seen. I could see how this could work if this happens yeah. this way, and this guy has a, a bounce back year here, and we could do this. And maybe, just maybe, this is mm-hmm. this is like it's it's our division to be had. And I also think that these people get tired of about hearing about the twins. You know, sure. it's like oh, oh the oh, twins, yeah. oh the twins, yeah. the twins. It's like the, yeah. what the hell with the twins. I'm tired of the twins. I'm tired of that little guy on Twitter, the little twins guy that has a little cartoon. <laughs> You know that that yeah. that shy Sox yeah. fan Mike talks mm-hmm. about yeah, all the time. Sure. 
that good yeah. guy. I, he, yeah, I, I'm I'm done with it. So let's yeah. go. I love the I love the the talk as long as it can be backed up, and these types of things don't get thrown back in our face at the at the end of the year. And, and don't be worried about that. You know, don't even think twice. Just just yeah. completely move forward, and it, it's time for the Sox to reign this division for not just 2021, but for several years. You know, like you and I are old enough, and there's a lot of folks listening old enough to remember when it was Cleveland that just reigned supreme for several years and, and the twins had their moment and Detroit stuck around. And then we had the Kansas city era. It didn't last very long, but it was around where there were kind of multiple years where they were uh, hanging around and they won their world series. And it, you know, when the Sox won in 05, when the Sox won, there hasn't been a repeat division championship. Uh, we yeah. were on our way in 94, but let's, you know, so it would be nice if we had just some law, some sustainability and yeah. uh, you just with the youth and everything, you, you, you just, you, you really feel like it's here now. Now let's flip from youth. Let's go to La Russa. But you know, you have got, um, you had, you said some things to me throughout the week when we would text back and forth and uh, the full for the first full squad workout happened uh, just this past week. Um, in between our last episode and this episode, of course. And, you know, LaRusa is addressing the team. He's addressing everybody, making, you know, his initial comments. And, um, you know, the things you are hearing from people like Eaton, who can say, you know, hey, you could hear a pin drop during Tony LaRusa's first squad meeting. Uh, Anderson saying, I think we've got the right man. Um, Eaton, you know, talent is through the roof, but we have to come together as a team. And it sounds like LaRusa is doing that uh, with some of his early conversations, mentality, mantras, whatever you want to call it. You seem, Pat, and, and I and I could comment on a second, but you seem like you've you've changed and you've come full circle on this LaRusa thing. The more and more I hear him speak, the more and more I I I just feel like this was the right move now. I'm I'm totally sold. I'm totally going back on whatever I said uh, two months ago, and or three months ago, whatever it was, however long it's been, and because uh, he just seems like his personality is coming through a little bit when you hear him talk on the radio or or uh, a soundbite here or there. He's like got this relaxed, confident uh, attitude about him. He's ex- he is genuinely excited to be there. Like when when he spoke at his press conference, it was like. He, he didn't know if he was excited to be there or did, did mm-hmm. somebody have to force him to do this. And, and now the team I think is looking at this and going there, this is the reason why this guy's a hall of fame baseball manager. This guy knows the game and we're going to learn so much from him and we can't wait to eat it up with a spoon. So uh, yeah. it, it gets me excited to hear him speak. Now, again, everything is fantastic right now in spring. They mm-hmm. haven't gone through a five game losing streak. He hasn't been thrown out of a game yet. All that stuff. The wear and tear of the entire baseball season hasn't happened to the guy yet. So yeah. right now, the the man that I see and that's leaving the team, I'm excited about. Yeah, I, I you know if you go you go back to his press conference and the whole thing that happened, and uh, you and I, I think were really aggravated, and and that's still I'll never understand it, and I got to let it go at some point, but not to let Han truly do his job as a general manager and, and do the due diligence and the hiring process that I think Han wanted to after you've allowed Han to uh, construct this, this rebuild and build this team, I thought was just ridiculous. 
we don't understand. We'll never understand all the all the stuff that went into it. But Larus is the man, and uh, he's accomplished. He's been around in baseball for fifty years, and he commands respect, attention. Uh, you know, and he's he's got the proof. Uh, uh, so I, I feel like that press conference was there was a lot of white stuff weighing on Larusa. I think you know he had this DUI stuff. How am I going to be received by fans? How am I going to re- be received by the media? Uh, I haven't been in baseball managing in a while. There's a lot of things that are new. What's this Zoom thing all about? Um, I, I I feel like he was uncomfortable. Clearly, yeah. yeah, you know, and mentally, I think there was a lot weighing on him. Um, and once that all got resolved and once I feel like he got the support or at least built a relationship with Han and he started talking to players, whether it's Giolito or Anderson and other players started checking in with other folks around the league, you know, Abreu talks to Pujols and is like, who is this guy? Uh, oh, you, that guy. Yeah. You're going to want him as your manager. You're, you're lucky to have him. I think that calmed LaRusa, right? It had to have. Yeah. And now you're seeing a relaxed, like, okay, everybody's all in. I got through that rocky patch. Now I can just go back to business and manage. This is where I feel most comfortable in a uniform uh, with my players. And uh, let's, let's go, you know? And, and that's where I, that, and, and everything that everybody's saying, you're right. It's the honeymoon period. Everybody loves everybody, but there is a difference. And the difference is the attitude uh, that they wanted to change by bringing Hendricks in, by, by bringing Grandal in and Keiko last year, by bringing in Eaton and, and La Russa, who, you know, I, again, Ricky, we could talk Ricky. I, I don't, he was able to get players from A to B, but couldn't go from B to C. Right. And he, he just didn't have the experience, uh, clearly. And he just was outmatched. He, he was out outwitted almost and he didn't know he didn't know enough to know enough and Larusa does and he's going to be able to get you from a to b to c to d and and run it back uh i i feel um you know as long as everybody stays healthy and all that good stuff so what you're seeing is just you know it, it, players are realizing it yeah yeah, and I'm an ex- I'm really excited to see how he's going to manage this, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. I don't know if we want to talk now about this whole bullpen, because yeah. Tony and we've talked about it before. He's he's he was a little bit ahead of his time with the way he would use his <clears throat> bullpens in the past, and yeah. now you could look at that bullpen as the most uh, the biggest weapon we have on the team, even more so than yeah. the lineup. And if yeah. you, if you could say, listen, we're we're gonna we're gonna reverse it here. We're not going to we're not going to try and save our bullpen for the stretch run. We're going to save our our starting staff for the stretch run because I can use all these guys in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 and and these are real weapons. And you've got guys with different different style of pitching, hard throwing guys, yeah, it, it, guys with sinkers, guys with risers, guys with mm-hmm. that, that are just throwing mm-hmm. smoke. Mm-hmm. And you've got you've got one of the most dangerous bullpens in the league, and and you could, depending on how it's all used, you could keep that bullpen pretty fresh too. Even though you're gonna, you could use them, you know, once you get into the fifth and sixth inning every game if you wanted to. But you've got, yeah. if you've got confidence that you can have a guy go out there and throw a whole inning, and not have to go a batter and then bring him out and then or, or not with the rules where the way are you can't do that anyway, mm-hmm. but. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, yeah. you kind of feel confident that guys are going to go out and get outs and not 
allow a lot of runners and extend innings and, and have to use the bullpen more than they have to. You just have to feel that confidence in that bullpen. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how Tony's going to use it. You know, you, we've talked about the importance of April and May games. They count as just as much as uh, August and September games, uh, although August and September seems to mean more. Uh, I feel like the foundation you build at the beginning of a season uh, can help you weather the storm the injuries, the slumps that you are, you are going to go through in the dog days of a season. So when a pitcher, a starting pitcher, is still trying to get their legs literally and figuratively and build up their arm strength and get acclimated to colder weather and all that stuff that goes in, even though we don't think about it, it happens, folks, with these pitchers, starting pitchers. You have to rely on your bullpen and you because you just don't know what you're getting yet. You know, you talk about midseason form. These starters aren't necessarily in midseason form. Uh, yeah. At least they won't admit it in April and parts of May. So if you could say, "Hey, look, don't you're not. Hey, you're not trying to get complete games in April, May just yet. You might be there mentally, and we love it. We have an out of this world bullpen sitting here ready to get you through. You know, six, seven, eight, nine. Give me five. You know, if you can give me a little more, great. We'll work your way up. We got a plan for you." But April, May, especially in the Midwest, I think is critical to have a lights-out bullpen. And, you know, what, what LaRusa said this past week and put all these rumors to bed and said, look, I know I'm hearing a lot of stuff. Kopech and Crochet will be in the bullpen to start the season. I thought that was brilliant. I think a lot of people could breathe. I think some analysts and, uh, you know, uh, columnists were like, oh, man, I, I wanted to milk some of that for a couple more weeks and really, like, drum up the drama. But, no, hey, this is where we're at, and deal with it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that hasn't happened in a while, right? Yeah. We've been playing those will-he-will-he-not games in previous years. Is he going to be down here or is he going to be up here uh, over the last couple seasons, especially with some of our young folks? So for us to get a, a good idea of where Kopech's going to be, we can all breathe easily. And, and, you know, teams, you know, I guess maybe the disadvantage is teams can start, start preparing for that. But I don't know how you prepare for this bullpen, as you said. Yeah, it's, and I like it, too, because it shows that what, what your leader is doing is showing the confidence in, in their guys and their abilities. And I think that that, that vote of confidence can, is only, you know, going to uh, be beneficial for these young guys this year. You got you got your manager saying, "Hey, he believes in me enough to start here and not not put this. Well, we're going to see how it goes. Maybe we'll 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 send him down here. Maybe he'll be in the the taxi squad, or we'll do this, or whatever it might be." I, I love that vote of confidence. He knows the talent that's there, and um, you know, hope they'll have to go out and perform. Obviously, but I like it. And these guys have a world of talent. Why don't you put it on display? So if Kopech is going to be in the bullpen and Crochet is going to be in the bullpen and, and we seem to feel that uh, Kopech and Crochet are going to be long-term starters, that's the plan eventually, at least with Crochet. Um, the fifth starter position seems to be the, the wild card. You've got your big three, uh, Lynn, Keuchel, Giolito, and then you've got Cease in the fourth spot. Fifth... Uh, the, the, the big name that you're hearing, and it's just unbelievable that we're talking about this, it, to me personally in 2021, is uh, Carlos Rodon. And he is claiming, I, I don't know if you heard this, Pat, that like when he re-signed with the Sox here this past offseason, 
they he almost was promised like a starting position, a starting role. Uh, I mean, is how do you feel about having Rodon as as our fifth starter? Well, if 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 we have if we're understanding that the arm angle is fixed, and then then I'm okay with it because we know the talent that he has, yeah. and I'm okay with Carlos Rodon being a fifth starter if you feel like the the flaws that he had were were adjusted and amended with Ethan Katz. Um, I'm hoping that's the case. I'm willing to give a guy like Carlos Rodon another shot now that I feel pretty good about. I pretty I feel pretty good about what I've heard with Cease, you know, so far and and the the the, uh, the adjustments he's made to be better. Now again, all this has to be proven on the field. You know, we can talk all day. This guy feels yeah. great. I've done this. I've worked on this uh, this belt mm-hmm. thing that he's talked about that that Cease has <laughs> used some type of utility belt mm-hmm. of some sort. I don't know if it has grappling hooks in it or if it's got shark repellent in it, but some type of midsection <laughs> belt that he's used. Um, so if you talk to one through four, and I feel I, I'm I'm more of a believer in Cease than, than a lot of people, I feel really good about that. Then then I'm fine with a Carlos Rodon as somewhat of a reclamation project in the fifth spot because I know I might be able to to put a little bit of the uh, the bullpen deodorant on him on the fifth day. Not that it's going to be a bullpen day, but you know, Carlos yeah. go out there. I feel confident he can go out there and give me four, five innings. Don't you? Well, it's possible, right? But I just have, I'm sorry. I have zero confidence in Rodan. Now, obviously there's a new pitching coach at the helm. And I'm going to talk about some of that in just a second here, but um, I, I think you give him maybe three opportunities i don't know three or four opportunities and if he just craps the bed um then i say okay well maybe then Kopech goes from bullpen to gets into that starter starter role um i i'm not sure yeah i'm not saying Kopech. i don't think Kopech is destined for the bullpen the entire season i think if we realize that wow yeah, okay, we, we tried some stuff with Rodon. He thought he was in a better place, but the results just aren't there. I, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, you know, we, we, this is a championship year for us. We, yeah. This is an experimental time. Uh, and I know, you know, that, that, that means, well, we're experimenting with Kopech, but I have more trust in Kopech than with Rodon, and Kopech hasn't thrown a major league inning in two years. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know what I mean? I, I just... I just don't think you can leave that fifth spot as just completely in flux. Now, the the name that hasn't been really mentioned quite a bit is is Ronaldo Lopez. I mean, your reactions when I say Lopez, because uh, I know my reactions, but what were your reactions about even thinking about Lopez in that fifth starter spot? Uh, thanks for coming to camp. Um, we, <laughs> we have it, it, we know we don't have any fans, but there's some garbage that needs to be taken out. Um, we appreciate you uh, coming here. Uh, here's a here's a free round of golf and and, and uh, twenty dollars to go gamble at the Ho Chunk yeah. Casino. But yeah, um, yeah, I I don't really have a, a spot in my on my on my major league team for him. I'm sorry. I, I like yeah. so here's a here's a difficult thing, Nick. To when you think about with both of these guys, is how much how much you really put in the spring and when you're watching pitchers because you know like every pitcher is out there working on things. They're not necessarily, you're, you're not necessarily watching how they're getting guys out. You know, you could say mm-hmm. Lopez could go up there and get shelled. And it's like, well, I was working on, 
my changeups sure. today. Oh, yeah. you know, I was working on this today, and that's all I was featuring. And or, you yeah. know how it goes. And so, and, yeah. and you know the ball isn't breaking a lot in that dry air in, in Arizona, so you're you're not getting the true uh, curveball or true slider like you normally would in in a different environment. So yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. Like, how do you determine if if those two guys are out there fighting for the fifth starter, you know, fifth starter role? How do you determine it in a, in a spring? And then on the flip side, do you look at it and go, somebody's having a great spring and it's, well, the pitchers are always ahead of the, the hitters at this time of year. Or, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard. I, I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make that evaluation, but I think on both sides of it, Nick, we have to <clears throat> pump the brakes a little bit, depending on what we see good or bad and, yeah. and, and trust that the, our, you know, the, the guy that we've hired as, as our pitching coach, and the Hall of Fame manager to make that decision is the right decision to go with. I, that, yeah. I'm just going to have to put faith in them. Yeah, they, they seem pretty calculated already. And, uh, you know, it's, this isn't personal, it's business. And uh, I would show Lopez the door. I wouldn't even give him really any opportunities, especially to steal from guys like Lambert and Stevert and even Kelly. I'd like to see what those guys can do, not necessarily to get them into a major league uh pitching situation this year per se but I want to know what we have in case July 31st rolls around and we need to make some decisions uh, about the playoff run and hey you guys around the league have seen what Lambert can do what Stever can do what Kelly can do these are some of our chips Um, what do you got for us you know we need an extra bat or we need an extra arm a power arm you you know what I mean yeah and uh, I I just don't want them to go down the road of like well we kind of showed Collins hand way too early no one wants to touch Collins we don't even want him we brought in Jonathan LaCroix to, uh, to 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 back up you don't even hear Collins name um even about DHing it's like he is He's trying to compete for a backup catching position. I feel like they've moved away from Collins, and you're hearing more about guys like Berger uh, and Sheath. But let, let, let me pump the brakes for a second. So uh, Ethan Katz comes in as pitching coach, and we're hearing, you know, he's we know he's worked with Giolito in the past. Mm-hmm. Helped Giolito get to where he is right now. Giolito had to do a lot of the work, of course. Um, but Keith, uh, Ethan Katz noticed some things, made some adjustments, made some comments. C seems to be in a better place uh, with his mechanics because of what Katz has put his eyes on and would have suggested. Um, Lopez, you know, has got a bit of a shortened arm swing, um, something that Katz is, has recommended. Uh, there's an angle flaw with Radon. Uh, that seems to be adjusted. Okay, what, what was Dan Cooper doing? What, what in God's name was he doing besides not wearing a mask properly and, you know, at, sitting around for the last couple of years? What was he doing? I mean, well, you it, know, at some point, uh, it just didn't seem like he was really maybe engaged with, with what he was doing anymore. such a polite way of saying it. That I, I is mean, true. Yeah. I, I, don't th- I don't know that he, like, lost all his knowledge on pitching. It was just no. like, I think it was more of, listen, it seemed to me, I, and I don't know Don Cooper, you know, on a personal level by any means, but it seemed to me just from hearing him speak and, and watching the way he would, you know, go in and talk to guys, it, it, you put all that together. And it just seemed to me like, it's like, Hey, 
I'm Don Cooper. I know what I'm talking about. Do this and you'll be fine. Yeah. And and because yeah. I know yeah. and you're 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 a player. I can see it. Just change all this. And it yeah. didn't seem like it didn't seem to me, and I could be completely wrong. It mm-hmm. just seemed to me like there probably wasn't a lot of good communication. Like, hey Don, I, I kind of like this, and this is what I've heard from this, and this is what mm-hmm. I, I I did this cool codify thing. And uh, I, I was getting this data and and, and, and yeah. it's like no, you got to attack the strike zone. Well, yeah, you've yeah. said that before, Don. I know I need to attack yeah. the strike zone. But what do you think yeah. about that? It didn't seem like there, there possibly, mm-hmm. possibly could have been an open line of communication. And maybe that's where, you know, Don had, had in the part of the pun, lost his fastball. So mm-hmm. you, yeah. you bring in a guy that's, that's maybe a little bit open to communication and more open to hearing what guys want to do and like to do. And, and, and then that helps you, identify and actually coach someone to uh to improve themselves yeah that is uh so i think that was the fear that a lot of people had for a long period of time this off season until recently about la russa it's like okay this is an older guy who's been away from baseball he might not be willing to embrace uh the energy the excitement the um, you know, the bat flips, the whatever, the spirit that the game has right now might not be able to talk, sabermetrics, analyticals, all that stuff with some of these guys. Uh, that's what we kind of, I think we're experiencing with Don Cooper a little bit. I feel like Cooper just, I, I, I just don't know if he was willing. He, he, I think he said it. He talked a good game on record. Like, I know all about this stuff. I know all about these different, you know, numbers and algorithms and everything that's going on, but maybe he just didn't want to uh, hear what other players were working on outside of the organization, you know, with different companies during their off season. And it maybe got too much for him. I mean, this is alarming, like all of these different issues. Now, will it actually work? Right? Like you could say cease has been fixed up or, you know, uh, Rodan's got a better angle, this, that, and the other. But, well, are we going to get the results? Uh, we don't know. But it sure seems like Ethan Katz, uh, Dr. Katz, has just come in and just made a change here. Boop, boop, saw that, readjusted this. And, uh, I mean, it's still early, of course, but we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I just find it kind of interesting, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I guess it was I'm so glad a change was made. Yeah, if you can get Carlos Rodan pitching, to the uh, to the the expectation that he had, then I say you give uh, you give Ethan sure. Katz the key to the yeah. city. You yeah. get the key to the city, sir. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah I you're right. That, that, that is you uh, into, but you get that, the key. <laughs> not a lot of places right now. Hopefully that changes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I feel like that's the that's the big project. If you can if you can get that guy looking like, you know, the first rounder that we drafted or just a somewhat of a semblance of that comfortable, healthy, um, confident, effective, then you've done a ton. Um, a guy, uh, let me switch gears to offense, to hitting, um, specifically DH. Um, Vaughn is, is, you know, he has talked about a lot uh, this last past week and this or early spring training. Um he is talked about by other players. He has talked about uh, LaRusse has really been hyping up Vaughn, you know, what he can do uh, power-wise, opposite field, line drives, you know, over the fence, you know, living up to the hype. Um, again, he hasn't played anywhere above a, a double A 
And uh, there's a lot of rumors that he is going to, you know, start opening day in Los Angeles, April 1st in the DH role. Uh, I was listening to uh, ESPN 1000, uh, uh, Sylvie and uh, Waddle um, this past week, and they had Keith Law, who uh, has been writing ba- about baseball for a long, long time. He writes for The Athletic now. And they were kind of grilling him on some things. And uh, uh, he, he said, look, Vaughn should start in AAA. And uh, he's not wrong by saying that. Nobody's wrong by saying that. But it's so interesting to hear a guy who, granted, is not in the White Sox organization, but has t- seen a ton of baseball for a long, long time, saying Vaughn should start in AA. And then you've got a lot of folks saying uh, that are in the know, no, 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 Vaughn's going to start uh, the season in the major leagues at the DH spot. Um, is, this, is this too much hype for Vaughn? Are we uh, maybe hyping this guy up uh, for some other reason, Pat? Or do you feel like, no, no, this guy's got it, and uh, he's, a, he's, you know, a quick learn, and uh, there's nothing wrong with having – a guy that is maybe not proven uh, in the DH spot opening day. Well, the thing about it is, Nick, he had this kind of attention on him, at least internally from the organization last spring. Yeah. If you remember. Yeah. So sure. it's not like sure. it's just coming out of the blue. So, um, and there was talks about, I, I think that they, they, there was talks about bringing him up off the taxi squad last year. So yeah. he's obviously done enough in their eyes and he's shown enough you know, as, in terms of his plate discipline, the power, the way he can just, he's just, a, seems to me like a professional hitter already, um, that they've got a lot of confidence in him. And, mm-hmm. you know, Keith, Keith Law, you know, he's very knowledgeable. He knows, he, he knows a lot about, you know, the, the, the everybody's pipeline yeah. and their systems yeah. and all these guys yeah. coming up. He's got, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's also a Debbie Downer. He's about as, he's, every time <laughs> I hear from him, it's like almost as bad news, Bob, you know, Bob Nightingale. It's like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're all excited about this because, boom, this is happening. Well, so, Keith Law uh, did also say Kopech should be down in AAA. So that got squashed pretty quickly, too. So yeah. to your point, yeah. So and that's his opinion, and that's fine. Yeah, and it's, sure. It, it, and maybe if the Sox had better – maybe, maybe if they had veteran options right now in those two spots – then maybe the Sox would also say, yeah, these guys should start in the minors. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what the minor league year is going to look like this year, really. Yeah. So are these yeah. guys going to see playing time? I'm not sure. Maybe that's – maybe I'm just not oh, know right now. Hope. So yeah. So they, they may not be as many games. Maybe there's not sure. as many opportunities. So to get these guys to grow into what they need to be, they need to be on the major league squad. And, and maybe they will struggle. But again, yeah. I feel like the depth on the rest of the, in the lineup, especially, is is deep enough. You can cover up some of a, a rookie's, you know, errors and mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, you, I hate to, I hate to say, oh, let's just chance it. But, you know, from everything you're hearing, it sounds to me like he'll put a he'll put a better at bat together than Edwin and Carcion did. You know, Holy cow! Of, yeah, I hope so. so. So maybe it won't always be pretty throughout the, the entire year. You know, he's going to have struggles, obviously. He's going to have holes in his swing that have got to be fixed, and, and guys are going to figure mm-hmm. him out. But mm-hmm. it seems to me like they're very confident this guy's going to have a professional bat more times than not when he gets to the plate. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, if he passes the eye test, you know, I'm at a point where go ahead, you know, you, you're putting a copedic in the bullpen make a decision, just make a decision. And I'm hoping it takes, you know, maybe a couple of games or, you know, a few weeks uh, just to see some live, uh, some live in-game action uh, for a decision to be made uh, on Vaughn. Uh, but he seems to be the, uh, the man to beat. You hear a lot of burger stuff and sheets, which is kind of surprising. Uh, I guess, you know, it's nice to have options, but are they hyping burger and sheets up for a potential trade of, Hey, these guys are doing really well. Are you sure no one wants, you know, uh, an often injured third baseman that can hit for power uh, from the right-hand side was not been proven at all. Uh, are you sure? Nobody, nobody wants to take a risk. Okay. Well, he's great. You're going to love him. Uh, he's doing really well. Sounds like you're writing an ad in a newspaper for, for a car. Would you, who, would you like to have this often injured third baseman? He hasn't had yeah, any Phillies left, but, you know, he's great. And yeah, look how fast boy. he is at spring training. Yeah, uh, it's it's nice to, I guess, have the problem of just like an influx of talent. There's just a lot of talent around, and uh, it's tough to keep. It's overload. You and I have talked about this. There's just so many names out there. It's tough to focus up on uh, on just one because once you get really fixated on – uh, an arm or a, you know, starting pitcher or bullet. Then there's like, Oh, what about this bat? You know, like forget, you know, don't you remember this guy? Well, he's showing a pretty positive spring. So uh, it's good stuff. I'm looking forward to, to seeing this in action tomorrow, Pat Sunday. Um, and then from here on out, you know, a lot of day games, but there's a lot of different ways to consume uh, your spring training. Um, do you get Pat? Do you get, cause I kind of do, but I'm trying not to, do you get worked up on like lineups and stuff, uh, you know, during spring training uh, or do you even like get, are you starting to get worked up about what potentially could be the lineup for opening day? I mean, we're uh, over a month away. Well, I know there's already a lot of angst about what oh, yeah. getting in the yeah. lineup and because yeah. you got eaten batting second, but, you know, I think that'll all naturally work itself out. And and I don't have a problem telling a guy like Robert, listen, you got to earn your way up in the lineup. And 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 maybe he's maybe should get more of the benefit of the doubt. But I, I don't I don't really have a problem ha- challenging a guy, right? Yeah. And, and making yeah. him hungrier, and getting yeah. him a little bit more discipline at the plate. And listen you don't have to swing at the first two pitches every time because mm-hmm. that's what started to happen to him late in the season. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. he's not, it doesn't matter what it is. He's, he's going to swing and they just threw him junk, you know, the first two pitches yeah. Oh, every, yeah. every game until, until he proves that he can lay off it and be, have a little more plate discipline. Okay, yeah. fine. He's got the world of talent and he seems to yeah. be as all the making of being a superstar so what who's nobody's going to ever remember if he goes down and and becomes the best center fielder that we've ever had in this organization and ultimately becomes some you know a a superstar multiple time all-star and and you know down the road maybe a hall of famer nobody's going to remember this time when in spring training when he was batting seventh in the lineup and all the controversy that was who cares Eventually, mm-hmm. that stuff will work itself out. So it let's will. not. I, I used to, you know, get play that game a little bit, you know, with with Ricky, and maybe it was because Ricky, we didn't give Ricky the benefit of the doubt anymore. It was like, dude, you don't even know what you're doing. What do you? What do you? And we would nitpick every single time you put a lineup. Well, out and there. there's so many. Yeah, there's so many platforms to do it on. Like yeah. everybody's an expert, and uh, look at us. Like you know, there could be a podcast that is solely. 
you know, based on lineups. It just could yeah. be a podcast just on lineups. You can just tick, uh, nitpick lineups all for 45 minutes. You know? and, and, and the new age baseball says you put your best hitter at, at second, you know, in the lineup. But, you know, Tony might be looking at it a little differently right now. Maybe he's looking at it. Okay, we got T.A. He's going to get on base and, he, and he's fast and he's going to. He's, he could pop a home run. You know, he's looking at that like this is my this is my Ricky Henderson, and then yeah. you got a guy that can get on base and and even and and make yeah. you know, make a productive out if he has to or get on base. And now you've got runners on and you're putting the, the pressure on right in the beginning of the game. So yeah. you know he could be going a little bit old school, which we'll see if that works out. But um, but if if Robert's tearing the ball the cover off the ball. I mean, he's going to work himself up in the lineup and get himself four at bats every game. It's just going to happen. Yeah. So let's not worry about it right now. Let let the guy let his talent shine through, and and that that stuff will work itself out. Yeah, he depending on who you hear from, there's like a new numbered tool that's added, like four tool player, five tool player. He's a six tool player. You know, <laughs> like eventually, I feel like this season someone's going to pop off and just say he's an eight tool player, guys. I mean. It's like a new number gets added every single, you know, every couple of weeks. Uh, somebody decides they found a new tool for uh, Robert. Um, <laughs> it, it's exciting stuff. I mean, these are all like these. This is what you and I live for, man. It's just talking the nuances of a Sox lineup in late February on the eve of their first uh, spring training game. Now, this, the, tomorrow's game is uh, six innings. I feel like the first few games are like six, five, six. Uh, they're not playing a, a full amount. That sometimes happens in spring training, but I think with COVID, I think that is probably an issue as well, especially some of these early games. Um, uh, on NBC Sports Chicago, and then you've got uh, game streaming on WhiteSox.com, you know, ESPN 1000. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different opportunities. If you happen to be with the MLB.TV package, uh, they they will give you a lot of opportunities as well. Um, you know, I, I man, I will be watching and I will be unfortunately living with every pitch. You know, it'll be an well, up and don't down. Do that, Let, it's, not it do that. starts though. It starts tomorrow. <laughs> I can't help it. I've tried. I, I really can't. I'm gonna try hard to just not get too worked up. But um, I remember years ago, uh, Samarja his first start and it was just a horrible start and I was I've ruined for the rest of the day and <laughs> but it was such it was such a it was an omen because that season did not go well for him or, or for our socks but I, I try to really calm myself down but it starts tomorrow man uh, where my moods uh, are affected by the game uh, on an inning by inning basis well, it's it, just remember it, it's spring training for all of us, so you have to work yourself <laughs> into <laughs> being a fan. So it's you know, true. get yourself however you uh, consume yeah. the game. Start mm-hmm. working on that. You know, do, yeah. is it? Oh, I don't have chips today. I'm, I usually have chips. I, yeah. I got to work on that for next yeah. time. I got to have chips yeah. for the game, and, yeah. and you know, just make sure you're prepared. And, and I think stretched. I'm gonna I'm stretch. Yeah, I will. I will stretch, and I will stretch myself over to. Uh, 35th Red Hot. I'm going to get some dogs. I'm going to come over back to the uh, to the homestead, and I'm going to enjoy some hot dogs, and I'm going to enjoy some spring training baseball. It's going to be a wonderful Sunday. It's going to be a nice little Sunday. It'll be, it. it'll be a nice little Sunday. Maybe hit a Home Depot or Bed Bath & Beyond, too. It'll you be might, a great day. You, you never know. It'll be after the game, but uh, potentially. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think we're going to probably uh, end it. Well, one last thing. Let's get out on this. 
because uh, this is too much to probably unpack right now. We only know the early, early stuff right now. Uh, my man, David Kaplan, um, comes out with some comments yesterday on Twitter saying that his sources uh, within the Chicago political scene, wherever, uh, are saying that uh, there's, a, you know, there's a chance, there's a really high chance, uh, almost expect fans to be uh, in attendance uh, for opening day on the north and south sides. Um, kind of cryptic, not, not really, not a lot of details, but we know it's a, it, there's a lot of things that need to go on to make this work. Fortunately, it seems like we're trending as a country, state, city in that direction with more vaccines, you know, Johnson & Johnson. All that health stuff seems to be going in the right direction. Uh, what did you take away from that little blurb uh, from Kaplan? Well, Cap is, he sometimes is a little bit out there, but he is yeah. well connected. So when yeah. he says something and takes, and he actually tweets about it, yeah. I, you got to put, a, you got to put a lot of stock in that. So I, I don't feel like um, Cap usually uses his sources and throw, floats, thing out, floats things out there, um, you know, w- without feeling pretty strongly about it. Yeah. So I, that, that gets me excited. And, depending on how they do it, if it's whatever capacity they can figure out, but having fans in the stands and um, you know, I know a guy that, that has season tickets. I, I can't remember his name now. It might be start with an N and his last name <laughs> might start with an M that has yeah. two tickets that oh, yeah. get first dibs. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, I would, uh, I would like to yeah. be there. If, if I know you would. Uh, I know you would. I well, know you have a, a family that, that yeah. the family comes first, but you yeah. know, your family, just, uh, your, your, your just family, my, little, yeah. my yeah. little ploy to get to opening day. I love I, it's it. tough to it's, wrap your brain around that though. You know, from where we were a year ago to where we could be, um, you know, April 8th uh, for, on that Thursday for that home opener. It, it's just kind of like, man, it gets me excited. Just even thinking about the possibility yeah, I, I'm. Uh, it, I feel really strongly that this is this is going to happen. I, yeah. I, I I would have felt really strongly about it before that mm-hmm. they would find a way to, like I said, because it's not like other places aren't starting to open up and allow fans. And, yeah, and, and it seems to me like we've been in more on the conservative side, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like now that things are trending in the right direction, schools are opening back up. I, like I told you before we popped on here, my kids are going back five yeah. days a week to school mm-hmm. and we're finding mm-hmm. a way to get through this. People are getting vaccinated. I, yeah. I think you can get for an outside venue, you can get people in there. And I, I would imagine most people are going to follow the the guidelines, whatever they are, just to be in the, in the ballpark. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, life is around, uh, work is being done around the stadium folks. I, I drive by it, walk past it every single day. Uh, they are uh, and have been working on the player parking lot, a lot of construction going on there, and they are working on the parking area uh, just west of the championship plaza. Uh, I think that's more of like an employee parking lot, mm-hmm. but a lot of work is being done tearing up you know, pavement and either resurfacing or just reconstructing that area. Um, you know, bulldozers are around trying to clear snow from different lots. It, things are happening around there. I don't know how, how you want to read into it, but uh, there's there's action, uh, hopefully in preparation 
uh, to accept fans in early April. Let's do it. Let's make a date. <laughs> Let's do- Absolutely, man. Uh, I the feel a mandate coming out. I feel a mandate. <laughs> Um, Pat, always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, and the fa- to know that next time you and I talk, we'll be we'll be breaking down spring training games is a good thing. Uh, it's a great thing. Yep, I'm with you, uh, folks. Thank you so much for joining once again uh, to this fan centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Uh, we do it for the love of the game. Uh, he is Pat Hester. I am Nick Morawski. You can find us uh, everywhere you find podcasts, check us out on the shycitysports.com site. They have some great Chicago, uh, content, uh, some great, uh, podcasts there, uh, bulls, bears, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, find us everywhere you find podcasts, subscribe, like rate, all those good things. We're on Twitter at good guys, TV, and uh, we've got a Facebook page as well. Um, for Pat Hester, I am Nick Morowski until next time. Go Sox!